0: Welcome back to Down for the Count, ladies and gents. I am one-fourth of your co-host, Tiffany E. And on behalf of Alexis, Nicole, and Janae, welcome back to our show. So this week, we are going to cover the draft. Unfortunately, two of the hosts will not be here this week. Alexis and Nicole both had some personal matters to attend to. But they should be back full force, ready to roll this coming week when we talk about today's draft, which is this Monday. And we're gonna talk about the supplemental draft that usually happens on the talk shows afterwards but in this episode we're going to talk about Friday's draft and the supplemental draft that happened that Saturday on Talking Smack we're going to cover all of the draft prospects for each from each round including the supplemental draft and we're going to talk about everything that we need to talk about in terms of where people went how we felt about it who needs to be where and what they should have done we're going to cover it all It's just me and good old Janae this week. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count. And don't worry, all four of us will be back in full force next week. So we'll see you guys in there. They sing is how everybody's in the draft pool. Speaking of the draft. (laughs) (laughs) So last week we came up with who we thought should have been drafted and where they should go. And we knew that there were going to be certain superstars who were going to stay because there are ongoing storylines going on the shows and they need to stay on there to remain consistent or at least to wrap them up. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, WWE said fuck all that shit, okay? They said, I don't give a fuck what y'all want or what y'all talking about. We don't care about these goddamn storylines. We are finna bust all this shit up. Now, as far as the champions go, they didn't go anywhere, which to,
1: well, one of them didn't go nowhere, um,
0: which to me made sense. I mean, keep your
1: champions on your show. <laughs> But here's how the draft went. First round,
0: Drew McIntyre was drafted to Raw. Asuka and the Hurt Business as an entirety was drafted to Raw. Okay. Now, of course, Bobby Lashley is the United States champion. So they could have kept Lashley and busted up the Hurt Business, but I'm fine with them keeping them on Raw. Okay. Then on SmackDown here's where things started off getting ignorant they kept Roman Reigns which they should have I mean he's, he's y'all tribal chief according to Janae she's team Rohe <laughs> okay um,
2: it's hashtag team Roman turkey neck
0: gross. anyway
2: <laughs> but
0: they drafted Seth Rollins to Smackdown now I before that I, rem- I wanted Seth to go to SmackDown so I was like I didn't expect it to happen but I'm fine with it happening okay so your messiah is on SmackDown they also announced that Jimmy and Jay J- Uso and Roman Reigns will be in a Hell in a Cell
1: match but it's gonna be an I quit match <sighs> I like that it's
0: going to be an I quit match. And oh then Roman says there's consequences to your actions. So I, I see something happening here. I'll get to that in a minute. But I just, something about that made me feel uneasy. Okay. But it <laughs> In round two of the draft, Raw chose Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, the tag team champions, which I suspected. Because I do recall Janae as well as um, somebody else telling me that they wanted to build the women's division for the tag teams on Raw since it's a three-hour show. So that's what they're going to do and keep the tag titles over there for now. Fine, but you could still go to NXT. Wrestling NXT. You know, you could still have Casey and
2: I still, I and still- Kaden. that's going to happen just because NXT and Raw are on the same network, so I'm pretty sure that will happen. It's just as far as the women tag teams on Fox on SmackDown, that's as of right now until they can fill a division, that's that's just not gonna happen. But I I still think they will. They won't go to NXT a lot, um, but I think well I I think it'll be those two. I have my own reasonings why I don't like Shayna and Nia as a team, but continue. <laughs>
0: then you had Naomi drafted to Raw and AJ Styles I expected AJ Styles to go back because he don't fuck with Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman is there but Naomi being drafted to Raw just took me the fuck out I'm like what is going on and the only way I could justify it when I thought about it the other day was that Jimmy can't be drafted because he's injured so if Jey Uso quits at Hell in a Cell, I expect them to him to and his brother to turn up on Raw at some point because Naomi's there. And to me, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to move her. I would have left her on SmackDown. She fares better on SmackDown, in my opinion. But they they aren't using her correctly. And I they didn't use Bianca right on Raw either. But we're going to get to Bianca. SmackDown drafted Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. And I thought these two picks, the picks of Naomi and Bianca being swapped, I just was just like, some shit is going on. Like, if you don't draft the Usos or draft, or if they don't pop up on Raw and Naomi's over there, Lord help whoever runs these Twitters because people are going to go ham. And then you have to think Montez and Bianca are married. The Street Profits are raw tag team champions right now. And if they don't get drafted to SmackDown,
2: I have my theory on those things. So here's my theory. As of right now, They are all centralized at the Amway Stadium. The reason why they didn't split up couples is because when they would travel to different cities and they would have house shows, the way their off days and schedules would work is they would see each other once a week. Because um, Monday, they would have Monday Night Raw, and then they would be off Tuesday and Wednesday. And then SmackDown would be off I believe Saturday and Sunday or something like, and then they would travel the day before. So if SmackDown was, let's say in another city, they would travel on Thursday um, and do the whole like traveling thing. The way like I looked at the schedule when they were doing all that, it was basically like they would have Wednesday off or something together. And then Thursday they would leave to go travel and then they would do their thing. Since they're all centralized, at Amway Stadium, and they're not traveling, so they're only doing one show that week. Yeah. And the fact that 95% of the rosters all live in Florida, and majority of them are like 20 to 30 minutes traveling-wise to the Amway Stadium, you're not really missing anything when it comes to being with your significant other. So we take Bianca Belair and the Street Profits. Well, no, let's take, yeah, Bianca Belair and the Street Profits, for example. She's on Friday. She's on SmackDown. Street Profits are on um actually no cuz they live in Tennessee actually right. anyways so they would travel like the uh Street Profits would travel to Raw on Monday they will probably get home cuz I believe it's not that it's not that far of a drive or, or a flight they would get home let's say early Tuesday morning you still have Tuesday Wednesday Thursday bianca goes to Smackdown comes back and then they still have saturday and sunday and normally they they probably get home that same night or if we're going to use a couple that's from florida and one's on monday night raw one's on smackdown they're only 20 30 minutes away they go to raw on monday they come back that same night and they still have tuesday wednesday thursday they're not missing friday because it's like you're going to work for an eight-hour shift because they have to report to the to the amway stadium at by 12 o'clock and then the show starts at eight and then by 10, the show's over. They probably get home at like 11 o'clock. So it's basically working a regular shift. So in 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 a general sense, since they're all centralized and there's no traveling, there's no conflicting schedules where you can't see your significant other anymore. Now, when they start traveling yeah. again, I think they'll start, they'll reconfigure and move everybody. So when you look at Naomi's situation, Naomi got moved to Raw. Jay got moved to SmackDown. Naomi and Jay aren't, aren't married. They're not a couple. That's brother and sister. Jay's at home recovering right now. And he's not scheduled to be back until sometime next year, early next year. So in a sense, you, yeah, you could move Naomi over to Raw because she has no affiliation to Jay as far as, as far as you know having them having to be together. As of right now, Jay is a single competitor. So you can move Naomi to Raw because Jimmy's at home. So I think what's going to happen, because they're going to have some, they're going to do a draft shakeup. Is it in like after WrestleMania or is that usually before WrestleMania? I think it's after WrestleMania, right?
0: I mean, they don't really do that anymore. I don't see them. See, what happened last year was they had the superstar shakeup and then they started this draft because they did the thing with Fox. Fox didn't like the way they're, um, the lineup was set up after the shakeup. So Fox was like, no, we're going to do this like a real sport. We're going to do an actual draft. So that's why they started this whole draft thing again. And that's why they announced the picks the way they do and do everything like they do, because that is the way Fox wanted it. And USA network agreed. So they started doing this. Now I, realized what Janae explained about them being centralized at Amway for a while. I'm like, okay, so that makes it easier for them to split the couples up. So Selena Vega could be on SmackDown while Alistair is on Raw or vice versa, because technically they aren't going to be separated. They're still together. And if they live in Florida, they always can go back home to see each other or they could be backstage while they're doing their shit. Like they don't have to go anywhere. So that part I got, but here's where it, the kicker comes in. See, the reason why I say sometimes WWE does things and they foretell it, they kind of give you all your information up front. You just have to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso are not going to be on SmackDown. They're going to be on Raw. Jey Uso is not going to beat Roman at Hell in a the Cell. They're not going to do all of this. And have Roman built up because they need Roman to be built up as a vicious heel. And right now, it's working. If, for some odd reason, Jey Uso doesn't end up quitting. Or he quits and then Roman, like, rehires him as his, you know, slave or whatever. Which probably would happen because they own some bullshit right now. But anyway... (laughs) I, I just don't think, unless they're going with this whole bloodline thing, for sure, like, full steam ahead with it, I don't see that happening. And unless that's the, the goal, Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso will both end up on Raw at some point. It may not be right now, but it will probably will happen down the line, probably around the time that Jimmy Uso is ready to come back and can wrestle full time.
1: Yeah, if that's what I was –
2: that's what I was saying. There, so there were a lot of people online that were like, why is Naomi on Raw and and Jay is on SmackDown? They always need to get drafted together. So what I was explaining is the reasoning as to why they did what they did now. That's why I said Jimmy's not coming back until next year, and that's why I brought up the shakeup or if they do the draft because I'm pretty sure by then, if he's healthy, then, yeah, they're all going to move over to Raw or – WWE being stupid might move Naomi back or whatever the case may be but as of right now since mm. Jimmy is out and Jay's a single competitor and Jimmy's at home they can move Naomi to Raw have her do her thing and then once Jimmy gets better they can move them back because I there's also another thing that I think that they're doing when it comes to the men's tag team
0: I'll get to the men's tag team in a minute because we gotta go talk about the third round so yeah. Just to be clear, when you talk about Naomi and Jay, Jay is her brother-in-law, not her husband, so she, Janae's right. She would not be drafted with him. If they were still traveling, they would go as a package deal because Jimmy and Jay are a tag team first, and they're singles competitors when necessary. Yes. So they would go as a package deal. But now with Jay Uso proving he can be a standalone wrestler, there's a bigger chance that the team could be split up one year and brought back together another. So it really, it really gives them options, which I always knew Jay and Jimmy were good as singles competitors either way. Both men have really good personalities. Their characters are established and set in stone. I don't see how they wouldn't be great singles competitors. Look how they compete as a tag team. Okay. And when you look at Naomi, it really just depends on how Naomi's booked. It doesn't matter what show she's on as long as she has booking. So she didn't have booking on SmackDown that much, which I'm pretty sure it was due to her request. She probably wanted to be home with Jimmy a lot and help him through. Once Jimmy got to be healthy or whether, you know, whether she got herself together, she pop up you know, wrestle a couple times and then go home. I think Naomi's put in enough tenure and had enough time to be able to construction her career the way she wants. So if she is like, okay, I'll help build talent. She's going to do that. I think some people have to start understanding that veterans have, do have a certain pull when it comes to how they move and shake. If you take Randy Orton, he's probably the best example of that. Randy did not have to take Keith Lee on as a competitor in the middle of his feud with um, Drew McIntyre. He chose to do that because he was setting Drew Keith Lee up so that Keith Lee could have a good stepping stone coming into the company. It took Randy a long time to understand how that works, so for him to do something like that, that's a big step. So that in itself, is the reason why people just have to sometimes wait. Stop crying and bitching all the time and just watch. People move in certain ways, especially when you're a veteran to structure themselves in a better position. Because I'm sorry, but I love wrestling too, but if I was a wrestler, bitch, I'm not trying to have my back set up against this wood four or five times a night. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: I want to be able to walk when this is over with. And yeah, it's cute on TV, but when it's over, you got to go in the back and sit in a bath of ice. Like, that shit is toxic. It's it's, it's toxic. It's taxing on the body. And WWE will chew your ass up and spit your ass out. They don't have no qualms about it. So I'm just saying, y'all, y'all might want to just, you know, breathe a little bit before you start bitching and moaning about where people are going. But. We about to bench and moan about some other people and where they went.
1: So like,
0: like, <laughs> we got the third round, and the third round had Ricochet, Bandy Rose, Miz and Morrison going to Raw, and SmackDown gained Dominic and Rey Mysterio and Jay Uso. So we talked about Jay Uso coming, but Dominic and Rey Mysterio, I was like, Jesus, be offense. They done brought this whole storyline to SmackDown.
1: Oh. I'm okay
0: with it evolving the way that it has. See, I think, like I said, I think we can't appreciate the story because it leaked from Ray to Dominic and now it's the whole family in there. And it just, it's been drawn out for so long and I appreciate a good story but there has to be an end. There's a middle and an end. And it's like this one got four
2: middles. <laughs> <laughs> this has and a prequel, sequel, another sequel, another sequel. And a yeah, post on this
0: this some real fast and furious shit is my point. And yeah. um it's never ending. And every time you get to the next one it's bigger and bigger bitch. And we just like how many times can you blow up a car? <laughs> I don't I don't like how many times can you drive that car off a cliff, you know, or how many times can you drive a car through a skyscraper? <laughs> That's not normal. Like this is not normal. Like most of the times when people fight, you get your ass whooped a couple of times and then after that third time you get tired of fighting the same person. You just move on. But y'all involved Aaliyah into this with Murphy and everything. And I'm gonna say something, then we go back to the draft. Because a lot of people was upset that Aaliyah and Murphy got this friendship or romanticized relationship. It's weird to them, it's strange. But I remember when I saw the first signs of this, and I told y'all I'm not that little girl like him. And nobody said nothing. Everybody was like, Aaliyah, get you some. And now because he's reciprocated the behavior. People got problems. 19. WWE is glorifying pedophilia. He's 19. By WWE is normalizing, normalizing the grooming. I said, hold up.
2: The girl, the girl is 19. By law, she is technically
1: an adult.
2: She is now. If the girl was 17, I'd be like, wait a minute. Buddy Murphy is 32. If the girl was 17 or 16. I'd have been like, okay, wait a minute. Let's think about this. She is 19. The reason why people are upset because of the word teen behind ninth, behind the ninth part. The teen part. So they're like, oh, she's still a child. The girl is 19 years old. Give me a break. There are so many 19-year-olds running around with 50-year-old sugar daddies. Mm. Look,
0: first of all, I could understand it better if Buddy Lee initiated the contact, he did not, Aaliyah did, and it started with her checking on him after that steel cage match, when Dominic and Seth were going at it, and then Seth beat the hell out of him,
2: it's that it, didn't I?
0: was the contact,
2: I, I said y'all see that arm, that arm drag, see y'all I see
0: said? that arm? I was like, oh, Aaliyah trying to get
2: out I was it's, like, it's okay that's Aaliyah, that's I see you, you they were like that doesn't mean anything and I was like bullshit I was like the fact that when she did it the camera focused on, on that, that
1: yeah, i like, oh, get in here
2: that basically means something because they could have wrote it where she walked by looked at and then went right back into the ring she, she made
0: a point to touch it
2: exactly and the camera focused on that that's when that happened I said oh I'm about to get my telenova wow <laughs> and bitch did it. we get a telenova
0: and I'm not mad that's what I'm saying. It's just the story never, it hasn't had an ending. Ray damn near lost his eye. Humberto Carrillo done got beat up seven times by them when Austin Theory was in the group. They had, um, um, fucking, what's his name? Elseboy got beat up almost seven times, almost lost his fucking eye. He got so beat up and, and got so, died, towed up. Yeah, he done turned heel. This nigga beating the shit out of Kevin. Poe Kevin Owens. Poe, Poe Kevin.
1: Kevin he... Poe
0: Kevin. He just can't. He
1: can't
0: win. He, just, he can't win from losing. But anyway, it's, it's not, I'm, I know that it seems weird to people. It is odd, but it's no different from um, a man being married to a 20-something year old and she he's in his 50s. There's no difference. The difference is she's still 19 years old, true enough, but she's also old enough to make a conscious decision to be with who she wants to be with. If we're going by, you know, the story, and you have to remember also, this is still television. This is TV. This is a scripted television show. Hear me when I say this. This is a scripted television show. It is not real. I'm pretty sure Aaliyah's like, yeah, Murphy's a nice-looking guy, but
2: no. These are the same people complaining about a scripted television show who watched Vampire Diaries when the girl was 16 in high school dating a 300-year-old vampire. Hello. It's a scripted show. The girl, Aaliyah has a boyfriend. I don't know about Buddy Murphy, but Aliyah has a boyfriend. It's scripted. It's not real. So for all of I you mean, guys and
0: then it got it got real ugly because they started going after Alexa Bliss because Alexa Bliss was just like, Girl, you better get you some and I was like, See, she she, she she
1: weird. And they're just like, Oh, you're you're approving
2: of this grooming and the whole speak out thing that happening. Oh, I'm just
0: like it's not but, everything i I'm, I'm not trying to diminish what people go through because it's horrible. That kind of stuff is horrible. But not everything correlates with sexual assault and abuse. Okay? Now, if you're going to be mad about this story happening, then I need you to be mad about how to get away with murder when that white guy told, um, what's her name, Annalise, that she wasn't, nothing. She wasn't good for nothing but rough sex. And a black woman wrote that story. I need you to be mad about Scandal when um, old girl's been sleeping with the president for pretty much the entire series. She was his mistress. I need you to be mad about that.
2: And I'm, I'm going to say this. And if this person's listening, I'm talking about you. There was a specific... and Don't get me wrong. I like Sasha Banks. There was a specific Sasha Banks stan who was upset because Aaliyah was 19 and Birdie, and, and Buddy Murphy... And she said, and I quote, or he, whoever they were, and I quote, she's only 19. She should be dating someone around her age. And I said, pump the brakes. Wait a minute. I said, because you stan Sasha Banks, who was 19 when she started dating Mikazi, who was 27 at the time. Mm -mm. That's Peterbury good. (laughs) I was like, hold on now. And I was like, that's real life. I said, that's not a story that was on the wwe i said that was real life when sasha banks moved to boston she met mikazi started dating him when she was just 19 he was 27 mm-hmm. then, he, I said, then he proposed to her when she was 21 and then they got married i believe when she was 24 and she's 28 now and i was, mm-hmm. like, I was like so if you're mad about Aaliyah and buddy murphy saying that Aaliyah needs to be dating someone around her age bracket i said then you should be pissed that your favorite favorite wrestler in the world, Sasha Banks, was nineteen when she when she met Mikazi. He was in his late twenties. Mm. And I That's was like, make,
1: make that message.
2: didn't even get a reply back. Whole comp didn't get a, nothing. And I was like, okay. Well Glad let's we shut haven't. that down.
0: I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's not odd, because if I was nineteen, I ain't gonna lie. I'd have said this before and I will say it. If I was 19 and I was in WWE and this motherfucker's walking around like Jimmy and Jay Uso and they weren't married because I ain't no home wrecking hope. okay? You got fucking Buddy Murphy running around backstage. I leave back there. Pretend them dudes not married or attached to nobody. You got Finn Feller back there. You got Roman Reigns in the back. Braun Strowman's back there. All these big ass behemoth dudes with massive (laughs) muscles in shape and you think I'm not gonna walk down the hallways in my best savage fancy? Okay? (laughs) And some good and some good Jimmy Choo's or some good Loopses. Bitch, you tried it. I'm gonna pull somebody, goddammit. Okay? And I'm gonna give me a nice wig.
2: (laughs) Correct me. Mikazi was 26. He was eight years older. And Sasha when she was 19 my point I'm still stands
0: just, I'm just saying bro if if I was 19 I'd be back there living my best life and that little girl be walking around in Balmain and fucking Giuseppe Zanotti's and shit she got on all of the designers off-white everything her daddy be wearing off-white her mama be in Louis and Gucci all the time her brother wear more Versace, Supreme, and Balmain shit than I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, I don't, I just want to be a part of the core group. Can I, can I be a family member?
2: Me. You know? that's what I'm saying. I'm 19, and let's say, through my skills, I get hired by the WWE, and I'm backstage with a bunch of Kalisto's and Lince Dorado's and Buddy Murphy's, and they're single and I'm single. Bitch, call me Tatiana
1: because I'm about to be all up in the mix.
0: I'm just saying. I'm not, okay, and I just want to be clear. We don't advocate for no sexual grooming or none of that. But in this case, that's not what's happening. And this is a television show depicting a story. And not all stories are going to be cookie cutter, perfect, cut and dry, cute and lovey dovey. That shit is not realistic. No. And there are 19-year-olds who date guys who are older. There are 19-year-olds who date guys in their 30s and in their 40s. I have seen it. So, have so it's I. not, it's not as uncommon as a lot of you are be alleging it to be. And for the adults that are watching this, and you're like, I don't want my child to watch this. I don't understand how you're not okay with your child watching this, but you you're you're not you're okay with watching them go on TV, and beat the hell out of each other. We're watching violence. So,
2: I don't understand how they're okay watching it, and you turn and look at your husband, who's like 15 years older than you.
0: Mm. My God, my God. I'm just saying, and I'm sure when Nicole and, when Alexis and Nicole get back, we can have the conversation with them, too. But, for me personally, I did not have a problem with it.
1: I still don't. The only thing about this thing that I have
2: a problem with, so when Seth Rollins got drafted to SmackDown, everyone was like, finally, we're, we're done with the Mysterio feud, and I said, I said, I'm going to laugh when Rey Mysterio and Dominic get drafted to SmackDown. And they I sure said,
1: did.
2: And they did, and I just put in, I just went,
1: ha, 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 laugh my ass off,
2: because my whole thing is why Obviously, Seth Rollins has been on Raw since 2016. So right. it's a multiple change for Seth Rollins to move over to SmackDown. But the fact that you moved Dominic and Ray over to SmackDown, it's just like you could have finished that storyline and moved Seth over it, kept Dominic and Ray on Raw. And let Dominic to show how good of a single competitor he is. The fact is, you moved them over to SmackDown, meaning now that's the storyline. And you moved Buddy Murphy over to SmackDown, too. He also got drafted in the supp- He also got drafted on Talking Smack on Saturday over I to SmackDown. I
0: back to a supplemental draft, but Janae's moving ahead of me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But you basically moved all these characters over to SmackDown to continue the story. Mm. My question is, why? My thing is, does WWE think that people that watch Raw don't also watch SmackDown? Now, there are people that strictly just just watch uh, Raw. They strictly just watch SmackDown. They strictly just watch NXT. But there's a lot of people who watch Raw, NXT, and SmackDown like myself. So so what are you going to do with this storyline that makes sense for you to move all the players over to SmackDown? what is going to be different on SmackDown that you couldn't do on Raw?
0: I don't know, but I think that WWE is not only to blame here. I was talking about it with my husband, and I'm like, Fox has a very strong input on who they want on their show and what they want for their show.
1: And I but think see, that's, a,
0: that's also a reason why
2: Fox has input, but when doing my research, they don't have that much input that a lot of people think they do. They do have input, but it's it's not a lot.
0: I don't know, Janae. I'm going to have to... I Because Fox is such a controlling aspect. They are. Her, the show almost didn't even get off the ground because WWE's ratings on USA Network were low.
1: And it was just still- like,
0: you get these ratings up and we'll consider honoring this deal. To me, something... Is making the moves behind the scenes. They're telling WWE, this is what we want. Can we make this happen? Well, we'll talk to USA Network. I think it works that way. WWE's in the middle, and they're ping-ponging between these two shows. USA Network is a bit more relaxed, but I think Fox is more controlling.
2: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like They have some save, but not as much as a lot of people think. When you look at the Seth Rollins Ray Mysterio, Ray Mysterio storyline, the thing is Fox wants ratings. We'll dive into Fox wants ratings. Here's the thing. With Fox, on a Friday night, their ratings before WWE, abysmal. Oh, it was bad. And they were putting in millions of dollars to put these television shows on the network on a Friday, spending over $100 million for a season of a television show, and they're not even breaking a million views. Now you have WWE coming in, and Fox is basically not spending any money. They gave them a one-time, I think it was like 200 and something million. dollars. The rest of the expenses are on the WWE side. And they get 52 weeks of programming once a week from the WWE as opposed to a TV show where you'll get maybe 13 weeks and then they're gone for the summer and then they'll come back and then they'll finish out the season until it comes back to the summer. They are spending twice as much money for 20 episodes as opposed to getting way more episodes from WWE and WWE before COVID, they were averaging about 2.5, 2.6 million views. Now they're averaging about 2.1, 2.2 2.2 ish maybe 2.3 million views on an average weekly basis and w and fox is not spending any money the thing is fox is very they are controlling and what they want to see but their prime their prime requirement is that they have ratings and they meet the demographic age that fox thinks is suitable for that time slot for sponsors as of right now smackdown is getting a 0.6 averaging 0.6 to 0.7 sometimes it drops to a 0.5 but they're averaging a 0.6 to 0.7 in the ratings demographic that they're looking for when you go on a website i forgot the name of it there is a chart that shows you hour by hour demographic ratings for different age brackets plus the overall view rating views for the whole show and it's color coded if you're red that means you're below what you need to be if you're Like yellowish-orange, that means you're average. If you're green, you're working above what the set uh, goal is, basically, for that time slot and for that show. SmackDown Mm -hmm. is consistently in the green area when it comes to the ratings demographic that Fox wants them to set. Green, meaning they are above average than what the demographic should be on a Friday night on a Fox channel for that age bracket. And then when you look at their views, even though they went from like 2.5 to 2.6 down to like 2.1, 2.2ish, they're still in the green. So they're still above what is projected for that Friday night on Fox for that time for that time slot. So as of right now, Fox, yes, they are very picky, but as of right now, SmackDown is performing well above the measures that has been set for them and on top of that, Fox isn't shelling out a bunch of money at all. The person who's shelling out the most money is WWE. On average, WWE will spend a million dollars per show for Raw and SmackDown when it comes to the stadium, lightings, payment, um, food, paying the workers. They would spend on average a million dollars. So as of right now, yes, Fox is very picky, but WWE SmackDown is basically hitting every single mark Fox wants plus more so I, I i feel like fox is happy with what's going on right now so that's why i'm trying to see what does seth rollins and ray mysterio bring to fox that's going to like boost ratings or bring to fox that's going to make them overperform more than what they're doing now and i me personally and maybe you can explain it, me personally i don't see what seth rollins and ray mysterio storyline is going to bring to fox i, I don't I mean, I, I love
0: don't my storyline going beyond, I mean, going beyond like months and months and months. It,
1: it can't. It, it better um, not.
0: So I think after Hell in a Cell, it's over. I'm hoping after Hell in a Cell, it's over. I'll say that. But um, Seth Rollins adds another star to the roster for SmackDown, and yeah. he has a better shot at going after Roman than he would going after Drew right now. Um And then they can kind of make that work. You can have a great thing going with Rollins, and then he can he can also anchor the mid card for you, whether he's a face or a heel. You have a lot of wiggle room to work with with Rollins. He also could help build up stars, but I don't think Rollins is gonna be there after December, so it really it really doesn't matter. His baby's gonna be born in December. Rollins is going to be gone. So I um, think before TLC even happens, something's going to happen and he's going to be out. Having Rey Mysterio on your roster adds a veteranship that's lasted throughout two to three decades of wrestling. So Rey Mysterio is a commodity no matter where he goes. He also needs to be the anchor to help his son get through learning how to wrestle especially wrestling in WWE, but I don't, after this, I think they should pull Ray back from Dominic. Dominic yeah. has to be able to stand on his own. Keeping his father by him is going to sully the talent that he really has. He's a very, very good wrestler. All he needs is just a little bit more go-nat when it comes to his character, a little bit more drive. He comes off sometimes as a teen age kid wrestling, and Dominic's in his 20s, so I'm fine with Dominic, you know, and that's his dad and everything. I just want him to just have a little bit more strength and a little bit more power behind what he says and how he feels. So as far as Dom is concerned, he is a very solid competitor compared to the hundreds of other people who come into the WWE, whether they've been descendants or sons or daughters. He was He didn't even get the training that Charlotte got, that Randy got, like Dominic trained, but Dominic was put on the spot very early and he had to be able to deliver his lines effectively, compete compet- effectively. And if you ask me, when you're dealing with somebody like Seth Rollins, who has a very massive personality and aura, and you're able to combat with him and go back and forth, it makes it makes me believe that he's very capable of anything. So if Dominic just gets to kind of pull himself from his father a bit, I am very happy with Dominic being on Smackdown and possibly having a shot at the um at the Intercontinental Championship. He can be a good mid-card Guy in that regard because right now, him going after any title bigger than the IC title is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I just be personally, and then we can move um, on. I just think they should have finished that storyline on Raw, move them over to SmackDown, and then have them start a separate storyline because I think the Seth Rollins Buddy Murphy storyline is going to come to an end because obviously Seth Rollins is leaving. But I feel like the Rey Mysterio, Aaliyah, Dominic, Buddy Murphy storyline is just starting. So I feel like we're going to get more of that than anything else.
0: Well, that's fine. I mean, if that's the way they want to go, I'm fine with that. I don't care. I'm probably going to ignore it anyway because I ignore a lot of shit that happens on TV that I don't like. So if they continue to go down this road with them, I mean, okay, you know, whatever. (laughs) I mean it's not something that I necessarily want to see, although I do think it's messy as hell, and I do love a good mess every now and then. But because it's rolling over, I think if they had held off and just kind of hinted at it, but they used it in regards to Rollins and Murphy and Mysterio and the Mysterio. So it's kind of like rolling all together. And I'm just like, maybe they should have waited just a little bit for this story. Cause you, you kind of letting them run together. If they mm-hmm. had waited until like mm, let's say Survivor series, they started it where she was like going up to Buddy Murphy and like talking to him. And he's like, What the fuck is going on here? By then Rollins and Murphy would have had their spat, but they let the breakdown of their relationship be Aaliyah. She was the reason. And it's always a woman. And I just, <laughs> I just feel like they could have just been like, "You keep whooping my ass every week. I'm tired of getting my ass whooped every week."
1: But okay
0: if it's about some boost out, then live your best life. I guess I don't, I don't know, but I'd much rather stop getting my ass whooped every week. That's just me. I don't know about y'all, but I'm saying. uh, I mean, you, you know, I'm just saying. So let's get to the final draft before the supplemental draft. All right. So we had. SmackDown SmackDown
1: drafted Otis, and let's get to Raw, because here's where shit gets really ugly.
0: Angel Garza and Dana Brooke were officially drafted to Raw, and then Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods were drafted as the New Day, but Big E was drafted to SmackDown on his own. So, New Day is officially split from each other in terms of them being a triple threat camaraderie. I don't like this. They don't have a good track record with Big E when he's a singles competitor. He fares better when they are together. I like them together. I didn't feel like you had to split them up for Big E to be a singles competitor it was proven that they could do that with Kofi. This broke my heart because when I saw Big E's face, I don't know if it was real or if he was acting, but I was like, oh, I don't think he knew. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think he knew. Xavier was hollering, like, say Big E's name. Like, Big E's coming with us. And then Stephanie was like,
1: he mm, see you a rub. What had
0: happened was Big E's been drafted to SmackDown. Everybody in down, was bringing is just like, oh shit. I'm at all like, oh goddamn. Um, and Big E just standing there like, oh shit. I ain't arm taped up. Big E had a bomb ass match with Sheamus, it was a good match. It was, yeah, it was going all over the place. and they I don't know what the eggs and the flour was. I don't understand
2: that. That was weird. I was like, who just has eggs and a bag of flour just sitting and catering?
0: I was like, okay, so let me try to justify it. I'm like, was y'all making pancakes on the spot? You know? But I'm like, wouldn't you, like, had a batter already mixed? And then you just dropping batter on it? Okay. I was like, maybe it was powdered sugar. But then they put eggs on them. And I said... Are y'all making I'm like, Y'all make fresh outlets back there? When y'all got I'm
2: like, okay, do you got some fucking money. Cause bitch. I was confused. I was just and it was just like sitting on the table. And I'm just like, who? Y'all just got flowers and eggs sitting right next to the apples and the ketchup condiments. What Damn, are y'all, apples
0: and ketchup?
2: I was like, what what are y'all making? Like, who just has flour and eggs just sitting in the back? There was no milk there. There was no baking powder. No, I
1: was
2: like, it is. I'm like what, y'all, what y'all
0: doing? I need for y'all to clean that up. Like, y'all gotta tighten up. If y'all gonna have a catering area, then make that shit a real catering area. Y'all gonna fuck it up anyway and waste it anyway, which is a mess because, honey, I don't like wasting no food, okay? Uh-uh. You shouldn't do that. It's a lot of swerving people out here and trumping them not trying to send us no new stimulus checks before he get elected or resign. So... Or basically put out, because it looked like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris going to be president. But I'm just saying, y'all ain't huh. doing that. Because all of us are saying, we sitting up here waiting on that $1,200 stimulus. And some of us I'm ain't saying. got no mind.
2: Eggs and a, and a thing of flour, and y'all just, just wasting
0: it. Wasting all that good food like that. That ain't right. But
1: anywho's. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know,
0: you know, split up the New Day, child. That broke my heart. I ain't gonna lie, it did. I was like, damn, they ain't have to do Big E like that. But I tried to see the silver lining and everything. In this case, after I thought about it, I was like, okay, I'm okay with Big E being split up as long as they use him correctly. Big E, people forget Big E was the first black NXT champion, as far as I know. There haven't been
1: any other African American NXT champions. Mm-hmm. Not to be wrong. Not that I know of either. But he well, was I've the been-
0: second. He was after Seth. He was the second overall NXT champion and the only black NXT champion. Malin's been champion twice. Samoa Joe's been champion twice. KO's been champion twice. Carrying Cross is gonna eventually be champion twice. Then you had Aleister Black, Bobby Roode, um, Andrade, Bo
1: Dallas, Seth Rollins. Like I said before, Karrion, Zan- Kevin Owens. Shinsuke. I- yeah, he's the yeah. He's the first black uh, male
2: champion. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura. So you had all these other champions, but he's the only black champion. And if I am not mistaken, Andrade is the only Latin descent champion for NXT. So y'all got a little bit of a diversity problem over there, but okay. You know, just saying. Anywhozies, so people forget that Biggie's had a, a ten, he's had a good career in terms of looking at championships he's been ic champion before i don't
1: remember if he's been u.s champion before hold on a second if he was what united states champion
0: i want to say he has been but i i'm not
1: 100 percent sure oh we're the same age and that's um He's 34. I'm like, okay, biggie. that I want married, I'll go get me some. But anyway, um, I ha- I am, so I I can't I can't do that. I have to stay faithful. <laughs> anyway, bet you if Kalisto came up to you.
0: Oh hell yeah, I'll take that. I just have to ask for that. <laughs> I had to ask for that damn uh, that atrocity later because it made no sense for nobody's abs to look like that, okay?
1: Oh, dear no. God.
0: No, he hasn't been U- U.S. champion. He's only been NXT champion and he's been Intercontinental champion. And he's bounced back and forth between just being the overall tag team champions for WWE, Raw, and SmackDown tag team champions. So... Um, Yeah, Um, Biggie's still a highly decorated superstar. No matter how you look at it, he's held multiple championships, although most of them were gained during his tag team tenure with New Day. He's still a powerhouse to be reckoned with. He's one of the most powerful superstars they have in terms of power. He can always go pound for pound with guys like Braun Strowman. And if he had to, I'm sure he would be able to do it With Lars Sullivan, which I'll get to him in a second. Um, You have Big E also has time in WWE. He's been through all three brands. So he has a keen idea of what works and what doesn't. He understands how the machine works in terms of WWE as a whole. So Big E knows where his niche is. And I think if they book him properly, even still as the fun, loving Big E that he is, Big E can still give you what you need and still be himself. You feel what I'm saying? So I hope that they use Big E properly. I hope they give Big E the shot he deserves or at least give him some time in the game because Big E is a commodity that they just have not been using.
1: So Janae, you can go on your rent if you want. Until then, if not, we'll go to the supplemental draft. Um, well, the
2: supplemental draft is gonna tie into is gonna okay. tie into what I think is happening with tag teams. So go ahead and do that.
0: So the supplemental draft happened and it was um that night next day, which was Saturday. On talking smack, they decided to announce five more superstars who were drafted. And Raw got Tucker, Tucker, um, was sent to Raw, so heavy machinery is gone. That one was a heavy blow because I was sure they were going to draft Tucker to SmackDown and just have them rolling, um, but they didn't, and that's. That's messed up. The Heavy Machinery didn't even get a chance to get out of the fucking blocks. Like, Lucha House Party got more tag team title shots than Heavy Machinery did. And Heavy Machinery is a good tag team. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to get Lucha House Party, because I like them. But, Heavy Machinery should have been able to contend for those titles at least once. They didn't even get that. So, that's nope. disheartening. It's disheartening. Berta is gonna stay on Raw, which at this point, they need to just have a draft for main event too. They need to just say who's gonna stay on main event and who who ain't. You just you just need to do that. Um and Drew Gulak is gonna be on Raw, which I like Drew. I think Drew okay. I'm
2: upset I think about that. a great
0: wrestler. So I was fine with Drew going to Raw. But he probably only going to be on there to keep that 24-7 championship going, which I'm sick of that.
1: <laughs> and that's upset but continue Smackdown got Murphy yep. Smackdown got Murphy and Khalisto so for sure
0: Khalisto's gonna be on Smackdown we don't know if Lindsey Dorado and Grand Metalik will be on Smackdown with him or if they'll be shipping them off to Raw or if they will go undrafted we don't know um, but Murphy's ass is gonna be on there with the rest of the brood, so here, all of the families back together again. And <laughs> um, <laughs> I just don't care. I'm just gonna tell you right now, I don't give a shit. And I just, <laughs> I just want them to do whatever they gonna do with them, and then be done with it. Um, as far as the tag team division goes, initially my first response was. They're about to unify these titles. So they're moving all the tag teams to Raw or they're splitting them up. That is how it looks. But I'm torn between that and the Street Profits being moved
1: to SmackDown. Because you have two groups like the Street prophets
0: and the New Day on one show. And even though, yes, it'd be great to see them compete against each other, to see who would will out, to see how their banter would be going back and forth, that part is cool. I don't have any issue with that. Where I'm having an issue, per se, is not necessarily with the husbands and wives splitting up, because like Janae explained earlier, That part is irrelevant, honestly. They're not moving, so they're not losing anything. So splitting them up could be for the betterment of both shows. But I still say the Street Profits need to be on SmackDown. If you are going to have the New Day be moved to Raw, that is a lot of star power on one show. You are overloading it with everybody that you have on there right now and then you move only Dominic, Ray and Seth to SmackDown, you're leaving a hole there for me. And I like the Street Profits, and it's fine to see them competing against the New Day. And like I said, I don't have any issues with that. But to me, it just not would be smart to leave them on that show when you have prime opportunity to start from scratch on SmackDown. I just wouldn't do it. I I don't think I could do it. I would build my tag team division up slowly, and I would have them competing for the titles for the next couple of months. Once the reports come out about WWE's money getting up, then I would slowly start to rehire tag teams or rehire people so that we can build our rosters back up. You can have full rosters for
1: both shows. Because it just don't make no sense to me. But I'll let Janae go. So when they started doing the draft, a
2: couple of things came to me. And I remember I was talking to uh, one of our friends, Songstress, where I said they drafted Otis to SmackDown, but they didn't draft Tucker. They are a tag team. And she said, well, they might draft Tucker late. They might draft Tucker late. And I said, no, he was eligible for the draft tonight anyone who does not who's eligible for the draft on a friday or a monday that does not get drafted they are considered free agents and they are within kayfabe allowed to pick which brand that they get to go on reality they don't get to pick a brand that just means we don't really have anything for you so we don't know where we're going to put you yet you're we're uncertain of where you're going to go so i said well no they are a tag team If they wanted to keep them a tag team, they would draft them as a tag team. Exactly. And I said, I "I would not be surprised if Tucker ends up going to Raw. They're going to split up Heavy Machinery. And sure enough, um, he went to Raw. Another thing, Kalisto is a part of Lucha House Party. Regardless of the storyline and them being an issue, he got drafted separately from Lucha House Party to SmackDown lucha house party was also eligible for the draft that friday they did not get drafted at all meaning they are free agents to kind of go wherever they want to go here's my thing i think what they're doing is they're putting all the men's tag team on one brand and this is the reason why and i and i might be wrong and i will stand corrected if you look at smackdown's roster right now their active roster who are actively wrestling, how many tag teams, let me ask you, how many tag teams do they have right now? After this Friday draft?
0: After the draft, they have, well, if you're going to go by what we had before, they, they snatched the rosters clean. They only have Lucha House Party right now. Um, Forgotten Sons is not even a part of the issue. They're, there's no made-up tag teams other than Shinsuke and Cesaro, which I'm sure they'll be split up. So there are no tag teams on and SmackDown you- as of right
2: now. House Party, though, because they didn't even get drafted at
1: all.
0: That's what I'm saying. If you're going by the roster the way that it was before, mm-hmm. the only people that were there were Lucha House Party. Right now, there are no tag teams.
2: So there- if they were to see Street Profits over so the way it's going to work is if the tag teams are switched they're just going to switch belts they're going to hand each other the belts so new day is going to give uh the smackdown belts to street Profits. street Profits are going to give their raw belts to smackdown i mean to new day they're going to go about their merry way if you send the street profits over to smackdown who do you feud them with because they don't have any tag teams now it could possibly change where when. The, the draft on Monday comes around, but then you look at the draft on Monday for tag teams. Who do you have? You have the Hurt Business. You could potentially do Apollo Crews and Ricochet. You have Dolph Ziggler and Robert Root. They're all
0: on Smack on Raw and they're going to stay there.
2: They're yeah, not removing them. So, my thing is, unless they have some bun- they have like a couple of tag teams that are in the back or they're going to make new tag teams. To me, it doesn't make sense to send the Street Profits over to a brand as tag team champions when they have no tag teams. There would be nothing for them to do unless you start pulling single competitors together and making them a tag team. But if you look at the SmackDown roster, you don't have a lot to go with because there's not a lot of people on that roster um, to begin with. I don't that's argue. why. Yeah, and I, that's I, why I, I mean, they're moving all of the tag teams over um, to Raw because if they really wanted to do the whole, like, switcheroo, they could have easily had the New Day go up against uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro, not reach, not get those titles back. Shinsuke and, and, and uh, Cesaro could have still held on to those titles. They then could have still do the drafting where, you know, they're going to Raw, but Biggie is still staying there. Draft them over to raw they show up on raw and before you because this is my thing too i hate when they announce a draft pick that gives away the ending to a storyline like for example bailey and sasha are going to go at it at hell in a cell bailey's eligible for the draft on monday and bailey gets drafted to raw i mean we know sasha's gonna win but if bailey gets drafted to raw and they built the storyline to where you didn't know if sasha was going to win or not you basically gave away that bailey's losing. Bailey's so what they could have did was have the New Day and the Street Profits have a match before that whole, before they get drafted, the New Day win against the Street Profits, because we all know that WWE, when you get moved to another brand, they always have you lose for some weird-ass reason. I, I don't understand why they do that, but they have you lose in a match. Because, I mean, when you watch SmackDown, Miz and Morrison lost. Few Jeff Hardy and uh, Matt Riddle, and he got moved. Bailey, when she got basically moved over to SmackDown, he got basically got by Alexa Bliss. Um, I don't know why they do that, but they do. They could have easily had the New Day defeat the Street Profits, put lock on titles, and then drafted them over to SmackDown, and then they could have started a feud with Cesaro um, and Shinsuke Nakamura. That would have I- made. That would have made a little bit more sense to me, but the fact that the New Day won the titles and then got moved to Raw, they basically demolished all the tag teams on SmackDown, which tells me that all the tag teams are going to Raw, but that's just me. But, I mean, things could change.
0: I've known WWE to do dumb shit, like draft someone one night and then switch them back to, to the other show the another night. <sighs> The only way I can explain it is that, to me, SmackDown was the tag team show for a very long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they're like, okay, Raw's three hours. We need time to fill that up. Raw Underground is okay, but we need something else. Okay, so tag team division is a little sparse. Mm-hmm. That's your fault, by the way. I'm just going to tell you the truth. <laughs> it's your fault because you did not invest in the tag team division, beforehand, not to mention the Viking Raiders went down, they're injured now, AOP got basically fired in a pandemic
2: Angel Garza and Andrade are not a tag team anymore
0: they shouldn't have been a tag team to begin with, if you really no, want to know top. the truth they never there's really top. worked I didn't like the way they worked together but that's all of the show for the honor of the day anyway um I don't like it because now you have, I have said this before, and I will say this many times over, as great as the New Day are, and as great as the Street Profits are, I see New Day getting those titles back, even if they unify, let's say that Janae's right, they unify the titles, New Day gets the titles back, they're going to be a heel tag team, they're not going to be a face tag team, they're going to be a heel tag team which they need that point. And um, you're going to have Street Profits be your face, and you're just going to have them ping ponging it back and forth because they're not going to have Miz and Morrison competing for the titles again. And to, it makes no sense to me to put all these damn tag teams on one show when you know full fool fucking well, you're not going to use them. You know you're not going to use them. You did the same thing with SmackDown. You had Sanity on SmackDown, Col- the colognes on SmackDown. You had the Usos, you had New Day, you had the Bar at the time before they went down. You had created the Bludgeon Brothers out of Luke Harper and Rowan. You had all these damn tag
2: teams, and you only used three of them. See, what I think is going to happen is the New Day is going to go over to Raw and become a heel team because they're pissed that they got separated from Big E. So I think that's going to be like. The, the, the reason why they turn heel. I think yeah, they're going to go up against the street profits. Um, I think they're going to win. The reason why I'm okay with all the tag teams being on one brand because I'd rather have a full division of tag teams on one brand than have a sparse division of tag teams on both brands because I what I think is going to happen, I think the reason why they're doing this is again they might run some matches repeatedly but the fact is that if they need to they can pull so like if you have the new day go against the street profits new day wins they'll run a match back with the street profits again maybe do it a third time and then then you can move on because i have a feeling that Miz and morrison might turn face i just have the feeling Ew, i don't like them as heels you can run the new day back with um miz and morrison or what you can do is you can keep the titles on the Street Profits, run them with Miz and Morrison, run them with Robert Rood, um, run them with New Day. I mean, there might be some hill changes. You can have Apollo Cruz and Rick So I think for that, it's just giving them the option of using different teams as opposed to where they were at now, where you saw the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders a gazillion times because they had nobody else. So they had to make a team of, of Andrade and Garza. And then we saw the Street Profits versus Andrade and Garza a million times. And then they had to do a team with Dominic and um, Humberto because they already beat um, Andrade and Garza. They ran that like five times. They beat the Viking Raiders. They ran that like 15 million times. So they had to do that. You had to see Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins, which kind of made sense. But we kept seeing a bunch of, like, makeshift teams because we didn't actually have any tag teams. And that's one of the things that I don't like that WWE does is when they lack in one area, instead of building up wrestlers that are already in that area, they start pulling from a different area because they're lazy. Prime example, Shayna and Nia Jax. The women's tag team division is abysmal right now. And instead of calling up Casey, uh, Casey and uh, Kaden into the tag team, you put together Shayna and Nia, which you could have left them to, to have their program, whoever wins, and then have one of them go after Asuka. And if the whole point is to keep the belt on Asuka, fine. You have her go up against Nia. You have her go up against Shayna. She beats Shayna. You have her go up against another person, another person. But when you make these makeshift tag teams, like you have Nia and Shayna, you take away two competitors from that division and put them in a tag division, and then we end up with Asuka versus the one. To me, that's very lazy. That's very lazy writing. That's very lazy booking to where you just need to build up teams. So for me, if you're taking tag teams away from one brand to put them all on another brand, I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with, though, is the fact that you broke up heavy machinery, which they should have had those belts. I'm sorry. I don't care how people feel. I love Otis. I don't care how you feel about Otis. I love Tucker. Tucker is a great wrestler. I think they work really well together. They have this thing where they can put on a match. It's a great match. And it can still be entertaining. And it can still be funny. The fact that you broke them two up. And it's just like. You could have moved them over to Raw too. Like I have a feeling Lucha House Party might end up going over to Raw. But they're probably not going to be used if they get moved over to Raw. You can say that about
1: pretty much anybody who goes over there.
2: That is not, true.
0: I'm not mad with them putting together guys who are not being used. So when you put together guys like – because to me, Garza and, and Andrade were on, were not going to be used in any other capacity unless they were going to be going up against each other. Um, I didn't see th- – they didn't need to have Andrade going in the program with the United States Championship again. He already had it. And the time that he had it, unfortunately for him, the world went to shit, so he ended up holding it, even after he got popped, you know, even though his <laughs> circumstances for getting popped was a little sus. I'm just saying, because I don't think Andrade did anything. I think they used that as a way to try to, you know, do some shit. But that was that was on another podcast I did speak on, it, okay? I'm just saying, during his ch- tenure as champion he really didn't have, like, a competitor a competitor to go up against him except for Ray and Humberto Carillo. So he didn't really have much going in terms of competition in that regard. They put Garza and Andrade together, and at first I thought it was an okay thing. But then as time progressed, it just seemed to fizzle out for me. When you do things, where you're saying, okay, well, they're pulling superstars and putting them together. Shayna and I's situation, I get. Because they gave us an opportunity to see two women who probably would put on a really good program against each other possibly Mm -hmm. battle it out for the opportunity to get that title. They should have ran with that instead of making them a tag team at this point. Do I think them being a tag team now works? Yes. It's very similar to the way Team Hell No was when we were um, back in the day when Daniel Bryan was with Kane. It was an unlikely pairing, but they worked well together. Shayna and I worked very well together and it's scary how dominant they are as a tag team. So I'm not opposed to it. I just think it was a little too
2: premature. Now, using I mean not like, if they have single competitors that they're just not using, that's fine because yeah. you get them on TV. But I'm talking more like when you have competitors in a tag team that you can definitely use in the singles division, like Naya and Shayna, because yeah, they work. They're a powerhouse. They work. But when you do that, that's when you get the Oscar versus Zelina, or the Oscars and the and the and the Lanas. And I'm just kind of like, you could have like I wanted to see Shayna versus Naya. and I, I wanted to see Shayna versus Oscar. Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing Oscar versus Naya because Oscar's gonna. Be, would beat her ass and retain her title so that's my gripe is like when you're using unused wrestlers on a tag team i'm okay with that i'd rather have them being a tag team than sitting in the back of catering wondering why they had to show up to work today when all they're doing is eating Lay's potato chips and sipping on a red bull in the back yeah. but when you when you have people like Shayna and naya that could be effectively used in a women's division that could really use Something for their main title holder. That's where my problem comes in.
0: So here's I I I agree. I just don't have any issues with them making tag teams out of talent. And Janae just say I just don't. I don't have any issues with them making tag teams when talent is being isn't being used. Like I think Bobby Roode would be a good competitor for Drew McIntyre. Bobby Roode just needs to have the leeway to be able to be one of the guys to go after Drew McIntyre you let Dolph go after him to let Bobby Roode do it Bobby Roode is a good wrestler and a very good character if given the opportunity to perform he will show up like he's supposed to you just have to give him the leeway and I think that they don't understand the potential of what Bobby Roode could actually mean in that regard now when it comes to, like I said, when it comes to guys like John Ziggler, Andrade, Angel Garza, like Alistair Black was being misused. I still say he's being misused. Okay. Um, Alistair Black is one of those kind of guys who needs to be in the top of the mid card or in the top of the main card, as in terms of where he needs to stand career-wise. Um, he's a very he he brings attention to himself very easily by not saying much. Alistair doesn't have to talk in order for him to be seen and to be someone who is visibly imposing. You just have to let him do him. And I think one of the good things about NXT is that when you're there and you have a character that is like that, like him and Karrion Cross, it fares very, very well on that brand. If I were Alistair, I would go back to NXT. All
1: mm-hmm. right.
0: Because that's where I feel like he would be utilized the most, he would fare the most, and he can also help build the brand. Plus, it will be dope to see Alistair versus Karrion Cross. Like, I just want to see that. Okay. I just, I just want to see that. Just. Just do that, okay? And I don't know what they're going to do with Alistair after this or what they're going to do with him right now because I don't think Kevin Owens is going to stay on Raw. I think Kevin Owens is going to be moved to SmackDown, which I think he definitely needs to be there. I think they need to put Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against each other for that IC title because I want to see it. I'm selfish. That's just goddamn true. okay? That's what I want. That's what I want to see. Anyway. I think that on Raw right now, the Hurt Business being on Raw is fine. I don't have any issues with that. I think that's a great idea. I think, though, that they should move. If they're going to, people are probably going to be like, I can't believe you just said that. But I'm going to say it. If you're going to have a faction like the Hurt Business running around, then they need to have a purpose other than just. Existing because all you're doing is beating people up so y'all can jump people into your crew. Like y'all acting like black people don't know how gangs work. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, we know how gangs work. Y'all jumping people in. Y'all not doing shit else but jumping people in. And the only person in your group that got a title is Bobby Lashley. So I would feel some type of way if I was in the group and I'm not getting title money. Bobby Lashley getting title money. Okay, so how come Shelton Benjamin and Cedric or Shelton Benjamin and MVP Old Man Sanford can't be no damn tag team? I don't understand. That's the point of having a faction is to carry most of the gold. Now, MVP clearly cannot beat Drew McIntyre. We know that. We've seen that. Damn sure don't want to see it again. Okay? But <laughs> you could have Bobby drop the United States title and go up against Drew McIntyre. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'd rather that title be on someone who's competing against other competitors and actually making that title worthwhile. And a lot of people think that because Bobby Lashley has it, that it's worthwhile, but it ain't. Because he's going up against competitors and demolishing them in a match. So who has an opportunity at this title outside of somebody like Braun Strowman or Keith Lee? Yep. Cause you're not gonna you're not gonna drop that title to ricochet off of Bobby Lashley.
1: And Apollo
2: got his ass whooped fifteen times over now fifteen times since June fifteenth.
0: So it's not gonna happen, is what I'm saying. So as much as people love to see Bobby Lashley with that beautiful belt around his waist, it is not conducive to the belt itself to keep Lashley as its champion. Because who has he competed against for that title other than Apollo Cruz?
1: Nobody.
0: I wait. Not even your own crew got a shot. You ain't even get Sheldon a shot. You know what I'm saying? Sheldon been there before your ass was even thought about. Shelton-ass was there. Shelton was one of Kurt Angle's little minions for a long fucking time, okay? That's going way back in the archives of wrestling, okay? I'm just saying, if you're going to say, well, I think Bobby Lashley should have a title, and then you say, well, right now Drew's the guy, which to me, Drew is the guy, okay? Drew's your guy, and he rose to the occasion wrestling up against Randy Orton. So my thing is, Bobby Lashley is your guy for the mid-card division, but he's also stifling your mid-card division because you don't have any other competitors going up against him. Now, let's keep it real. If you're going to do a mid-card, let's say you pull Bobby and Dolph Ziggler out the mid-card, make them Seagulls competitors. You got two veteran title holders right there who could possibly be competing against Lashley for that title. Why haven't you done that? Why haven't you started a program with one of them or started a program with Keith Lee? Now I know Keith Lee in the middle of some with Braun Strowman, which I fucks with heavy. Okay. (laughs) Because I negated to mention it. But Monday, when Keith Lee threw his ass into that time, and then they fell off the damn stage. Oh, that was some real shit right there, bro. They was breaking barricades and all kinds of shit. It was too much power.
1: Don't get, me
2: started place. On that, don't get me started on that, match. I loved it, but I was pissed.
0: It was just too much power to be contained, and at one little spot, they couldn't handle that. Feel me? So, I'm just saying, I'm fine with that, but you need to do something. Keith Lee is there. You're not going to put him in title contingency at this point in time. So, drop him to the mid car and have him start a program with the Hurt Business.
1: That, and see, that's
2: what that's what I was saying when we first initially talked about Keith Lee coming into the uh Raw roster being coming from NXT everyone was saying they wanted to see him with the title that Drew McIntyre was holding i on the other hand i was like i i'm not a fan of rocket storylines where they come in you put a rocket on their back and you shoot them straight up to the top i'm not i'm not a fan of that so i was like i want Keith Lee to be in the US title spot first. I want him to be uh, Mr. Hankey for the, for the US title. Yep. I said that, that works for me. I said that makes more sense to me than you putting him up against Drew McIntyre. Because here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize Drew McIntyre is not going to drop that title. A lot of people, so people thought he was going to drop it to Randy Orton. I don't think he is. I think Drew's going to hold that title. If he's you not were to put
0: that Tiger Randy.
2: That's no, if you, if you put Keith Lee up against Drew McIntyre, he comes from NXT, he's on the main roster. The goal is to keep that belt on Drew McIntyre for a while. You put him up against uh you put Keith Lee up against uh Drew McIntyre because that's what everybody wants and then he loses, all everybody's going to be complaining. Yeah, You're burying him. And that's how the same way I felt about the whole Oscar thing where they were like they should put bianca up there with oscar it's just like they want oscar to hold that belt for a little bit longer so if bianca was to go up against oscar she's going to lose and then you guys are going to be complaining that she's being buried because she didn't win the belt so well i'm just like i would rather have keith lee with the u.s title my only only other issue is the fact of the matter is keith lee has had nine matches since he's been on raw Mm, you know Jeanette count, y'all.
1: That girl.
2: out of those nine matches, he has only had three clean wins. Three.
0: Well, okay. Five. Okay, wait. So one. one of those one of those losses was a part of a storyline, so it was meant. See, this is why I say throwing Keith Lee in the middle of the storyline with drew and randy kind of helped him but at the same time it made him stagnant a little bit so in the midst of a match with randy he lost because drew attacked randy in the midst of a match with drew he also lost because randy attacked drew so two out of those three losses came because of the storyline he was thrusted into you see what I mean
1: and I I get that but if
2: you look at all five of his DQs all five of his DQs came from within that storyline to my to from what I remember and I'm and like the thing is it in a way it helped him because yeah he got a clean pin over Randy Orr which like solidified like he's a bad motherfucker like he. He's here to wreck shop. And that's the part. I, but the part that I don't like is the fact that the man has had nine matches and five of them were a DQ. One of them was a count out. He's only had three clean wins, which was against Dolph Ziggler, Randy Orton and Andrade. All of his other matches have been DQs. And when I look at that, regardless of the storyline, it for me, it takes me out because it's like I'm watching this really good match. And then it's a DQ. Okay, that's fine. All right, I'm watching another good match of Keith Lee. Another DQ. Okay. Okay, I'm watching another match. Another DQ. Another match. Another DQ. Another match. Another DQ. And then you get one with Braun Strowman that I was so excited for. I was like big, beefy men slapping me. Oh, God. That
0: just sounds
1: disgusting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited. And I remember when they announced the match. And I remember I went on Twitter and I was super excited and at the bottom of my tweet I put, please do not DQ this match. Do not end the match this way. And they did it anyways. I mean oh, obviously, oh, obviously that match
0: was fire
2: even with but, the DQ my, ending. I and it wasn't a DQ. It was a, it was a It was it was a double count out. I'm it not taking away countout. I'm not taking away from the match quality. That's one thing you know like I won't take away from the match quality about the ending. Same thing with like how we talked about Sasha and Oscar. Like I won't take away from that quality. The matches that he was in with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton and Braun Thomas, those were good matches. But when it's a consistent thing where it's it's a DQ and then you have a count out, you, you kinda go, Really? You couldn't think of another way to to do it or just like not book the match or maybe
0: so the repetitive nature of it is what you're yes. having an issue with. It's That's repetitive- I, can, I can understand that, but you can't do it in quantity. You have to do it by circumstance. You're looking at it overall like every match that I'm tending to enjoy has a DQ, but there's a method to the madness. So in some of these instances, the DQs weren't necessary. Um... In this case with Strowman and Keith Lee, yes, it was. Because they had no animosity towards each other at all. There was no built-up, nothing. There was nothing. It was just Strowman wanted a match. Keith Lee was like, bitch, I got you. They go out there fighting. And it went and boiled over. And it was so much, it, like I said, it was too much power in one place. Mother-
1: I
2: went-
0: could not contain themselves.
2: That when one, you I know, was like okay, and I have them like I wasn't upset about that ending of the match as opposed to the other one, because that one I understood. I was just like, damn, I just I wanted to I wanted to see more of it. I wanted to see something, so I wasn't upset because that was a out. I wasn't upset about that as yeah. more as the other five DQs <laughs> that he got. Because if you think about it, when he came on, he beat Randy Orton on his first match, and then he beat. Um, I think he had Dolph Ziggler, and then he beat um, Andrade after that. And then the rest of the matches that he had had all resulted in a DQ, in which it makes sense for the storyline between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. I just didn't like the fact that Keith Lee, who was coming off of being double champion, NXT, comes to the main roster, has an amazing first match with Randy Orton, gets a clean win. Basically runs through Dolph Ziggler and Andrade, and then we get just a con a continuous thing of DQs that helps the storyline between Ray Mysterio. Myster- it helps the sto- story storyline between uh, Drew and Randy, but that it's like,
1: help
2: him. It, yeah again, it doesn't help him because then. And another thing that may because it was just like, oh, the match between Braun Strowman and Keith Lee, it's an exhibition match, so it doesn't count against their overall record. So here you're making it seem like their overall record means something. So when you look at Keith Lee's record, he's three, five, and one. And I'm just like,
0: I don't, you can't use records.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't can't use records. Like when they said that, I was just like, records don't really mean anything to y'all because if you really think about it. Alex the Black undefeated for practically a whole year. The only match that he lost was against AJ Styles in a three-on-one match, and he already he already had beaten um, Gallows and Anderson, and he lost to AJ Styles. So he only had one loss in a full year, and I didn't see that man get a title shot, not a single one. So I'm just like records in the WWE don't matter. But then when you turn around and say in the commentary makes a makes a purpose comment saying it doesn't go against your record like records mean something i'm just like come on like
0: i don't i think that was an error in speech honestly because i remember adam pierce saying it's a match but it's not necessarily sanctioned
2: yeah he says an exhibition
0: i'm like okay cool you know whatever let's do it you know just just have a fucking match like I don't need like he's like technically you're not a part of our show, mm-hmm. so we can't put you in an official match. So this is an, an, an it's like an unofficial match. This is an exhibition match. All right, cool. If commentary said that, that was a mistake on commentary's part. Yeah, and
2: that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Commentary when they both came out to the thing, um, Tom Phillips and I forgot who else. They were talking about what was the the whole thing before they started the match and then tom phillips says this is just an exhibition match so this match won't count against their overall record and i'm just sitting here like overall record when you look at the wwe means doesn't count
0: anyway it It never does
2: that's what i mean like when it comes to wwe it's like you have to make things make sense like you can't sit there and say one thing and they are like, do one thing and then go, oh, well, it, it goes, it doesn't go against your overall record. Y'all haven't been looking at overall records since the beginning of time, because if we were going off of overall records. there should There's a lot of matches that shouldn't have happened, and there's a lot of matches that should have happened. Period. So that's why I was just like, when he said it doesn't go against your overall record, I'm just like, so now records mean something. And then I was like, well, if records mean something. I'm looking at Keith Lee, who's 3-5. And now after the match, one-three-five 3 5 and one And I'm just like, they should have just not even said that at all. Because now you're making it seem like records, your win-loss record is important right now. It's not. And we all, we all know WWE doesn't go off of a win-loss record Here's at me. all. So I was just like, okay. So for me, yeah, it's just the consistency of how they're just doing these DQs like yes I get it it's for the betterment of a story but it's for the betterment of a story that doesn't even involve Keith Lee
1: I can get why you're upset about that that part I understand like I just want him to come in and just like
2: whoops the mask not like be the overall middleman in a story that also like
1: fucks up his record I get it so, we done
0: rat and rave now. Uh, <laughs> that, that that was what the, all the people that got drafted, we mentioned. We don't know who's getting drafted Monday. I think we have a pretty clear idea as to what's going on. But I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that they, that they, they don't think what I think they're going to do. Which I initially believed that they were going to unify these tag, tag titles. I just want Fox to be smarter than that. You are going to miss an entire piece of wrestling that makes wrestling great too. And as much as people say that Vince McMahon hates tag teams, he has to understand the value in the tag teams
1: division.
0: If he doesn't, then he's a fool. He's been in this business longer than most of us have been alive. So I would imagine that he would have some clue As to why tag team divisions are important, sometimes individual wrestlers need, and and sometimes tag teams can anchor your show more than an individual wrestler can. You need a break from the same mediocrity that you're giving, and sometimes tag team divisions can give you more of that. And it's also more exciting to have four people out there wrestling than just two. It's fun. It's fun to watch. So you need to recognize the value in a tag team division. And you need to understand that if you're going to have all these tag teams on one show, then give them a reason to be there.
1: And and don't
0: leave them on Raw, and then, you know, you only have the Street Profits and New Day competing when you've got at least three or four other tag teams waiting. Do you get what I mean? Like, you're going to have to make this work. And what I really want people to understand is – There are tag teams that are supposed to be coming over to the rosters. They're just waiting for the right time to switch them over. They're waiting for that. So when you start factoring in and overloading the roster like they're doing on Raw, problems arise. And the reason why I have an issue with that is right now Raw is still in shambles to put the great people that you have on Raw – with no clear direction as to where they're going, that makes me nervous. That's why I don't want them to do it, because they're not straight and set in what they're gonna do. They don't have no clue. They're taking it hour by hour, day by day.
1: Mhm. So. And that's and that's
2: the thing. Like, if I if we get and like I said, I could be very much wrong. I could be very wrong. We could get street profits on SmackDown, but. I'm looking at it as a point of okay, you drafted the street profits over to SmackDown to face who. And to me, as a as a business, just like I why would I put a tag team on a brand that has no tag teams? Now, unless they're going to out of nowhere, you're gonna see like three random tag teams get moved over to SmackDown from like NXT or the PC, that's fine, that's great. But as of right now, like the only tag teams that you have that are not on Raw or in NXT, you have the Undisputed Era. Um, you have Ever-Rise. They're still coming up. Ridge Holland just beat the hell out of Danny Burke to the ground. But you have Danny Burke and Oni Lorkin. I mean, you do have um, Legato Del Fantastic and
1: his... Fantasma?
2: Fantasma, El Delegado Fantasma. You have them and you have Joaquin Wilder and um, the other guy. I can't remember his name. Ooh, child. You have them. You have them. So you you have four tag – you have a team there. But then if you start calling them up, and then you have Br- Breeze Angle, who are the tag champions, if you start calling them up, then you're taken away from the tag team division in NXT. And we haven't seen no other tag teams. Besides Indusure, and they got pulled for giving away the Keith Lee ending. So it's just like as of, right, of shit. Yeah. So as of right now, your whole tag team division within the WWE in general is looking very abysmal right now. So you really can't afford to start pulling and spreading them out across three brands. So in my mind, the smartest decision is to keep your tag teams you have on NXT. Move all your tag teams that you have, put them on one brand at the same time. Start building up tag teams in the PC, go to the PC, say, Hey, we need about five men's tag teams. Find someone that you want to tag team with. I'll give you, we'll give you three months to come up with, to get your moveset uh, down together to smooth it over, come up with a character, come up with a backstory of why you guys are who you are after three months. Actually, no, I'll do like 10 because they have a shit ton of people at the PC. I'll say I need 10 groups after three months of you practicing, coming up with your character, coming up with gear, coming up with everything. We're going to hold an event where you're going to come out and you're going to showcase the best five teams. We're going to take them and we're going to move them over to the main roster and then slowly start to split them onto SmackDown and split them and mix them up into raw maybe put like one more team on um one more team on nxt the other four teams once the draft comes along i'm going to showcase all you guys on nxt first so people get to know you better like especially doing another dust team classic i'm going to showcase all you guys yeah and then i'm real
0: classic not some bullshit they made
2: up yeah like a real actual tag team classic And then I'm going to keep one team at NXT, so there'll be five teams there. And then I'm going to, during the draft, I'm going to put all the groups of teams that I have together, and then I'm going to split them up evenly on Tehran SmackDown so there'll actually be a division there. You can do that within, you can do that within, like, a year. and Like, if you really want to get it perfect, you can do that within a year. That's on WWE because, uh, like, lazy when it comes to these things like that. It's doable. It's doable. It's beyond doable. I just don't understand why. They can do the same thing with the women. Ask for 10, uh, 10 girls. I mean, ask for 10 groups of tag teams for, for females. Find a partner you want to work with. You have three months to get your shit together. Out of those 10, we're going to pick six of those groups. And then do a tag team classic with the females. Maybe bring in some indie tag team classic, indie tag teams that are not in the WWE. Use that as a way to see if you want to bring them in too. Whoever the winner is, the winners of the tag team classic get to either go to Raw or SmackDown. Split them evenly up in between the three brands and have your, and then since the tag team belts can go cross brand, split them up have one team and actually move them cross-brand. And while one team is facing one team on one brand, then you have another team fighting each other to get that number one contendership for the next go-around. Not that hard. End rant. Welcome to my TED Talk.
0: <laughs> and on that note, we're going to move into some wrestling news. So, first things first, straight the game again- Well, ladies and gents, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed our coverage of the WWE Draft this week. Be sure to continue to follow us so you can make sure you get all the updates when we post. Make sure you guys follow us on our social media. At Down for the Count 19 is our Twitter. It's very active over there. My girls are always handling the live tweets, and they're funny and hilarious and informative, okay? And, of course, follow us on our Instagram. It's not as active, but it's still as informative all right make sure you guys check us out on anchor or spotify and if you want to listen to us on apple music just you will use our rss url and import our podcast to apple music so you can listen to it for now until your girl gets a little bit more tick savvy and figures out how to do that so make sure you guys follow us there on our social media platforms and of course on our podcast platforms and if you have any questions or any suggestions criticisms, constructive, or anything of the sort, or just to say hi, you can always send us a message on Anchor, or you can always send us a message through our social media. All right, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count. The wrestling news and our coverage of Ali being joined with Retribution will be coming up next, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count, and we'll see you guys next time.